This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Swindon Town. Okay, hi everyone. Welcome to the presser with Joe JR here. Easter Bank holiday has been and gone. It was a very good Friday away to Hartlepool, but Swindon affirmed the thoughts of the doubting Thomases, and Richie Wellens made his return as the prodigal son. Though some men have thought they'd had a kiss on both cheeks. So ahead of Town's trip to Hartlepool, Swindon will be hanging their hopes on good fortune here on out if we're going to get anything out this season. And joining me to discuss today's presser, as ever. From Total Sports Swindon, it's Ryan Walker. Good afternoon, Joe. Good afternoon, everyone. And yes, it's uh, quite a different tone around Swindon Town fans at the moment, isn't it? Uh, before we recorded on Monday, we were full of optimism. Now we're kind of heading towards that dark pit of uh, hopes all gone. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, you know, it's it's been a, a period for reflection this week. Alan McLaughlin's birthday um just ahead of like the actual anniversary of his passing and there was the sad news yesterday that link the mascot who came to the oldham game had sadly passed and there'll be a five minute applause for him on tuesday night for the forest green game it sort of speaks to that wider role and we've seen it you as a, a premier league fan will have seen as well we've seen at the elite level how football can sort of come together to support people in in tragic circumstances and and it's it it's important to reflect on that kind of role that football clubs can have in like their wider community, isn't it? It is, and it's, it's kind of... All I would say is, look, we, we all like take football seriously and we all kind of love to 
uh, you know, have that tribal aspect to it and, and mock each other. And it's kind of more than just a game. But when, when it's kind of things like this, it really just put it all into perspective. Like you said, Bengal had some really kind of resounding comments on Link um, and the tribute that Swindon paid to him and, and kind of that time when he walked out as mascot with Dion Conroy and, and they've been saved purely just for the radio, really. But it was, it was tragic to hear. And if you can do anything to make a, a child or, or anyone's life kind of that little bit better in the darkest of times, then it, then you do all you can. Absolutely. And on a similar note, we were talking at the end of the last presser about this week's penalty shootout, which actually turned out to be a bit more like a meet and greet and a great opportunity for younger fans or young fans who don't necessarily get to games that often to meet their heroes and to have a selfie and interact. I really did enjoy it. It was a positive thing to do in the half-term week. Yeah, Ben Garner was kind of asked about this later on in the, in the press conference. It was just kind of a, a very quick question on, on whether Jack Payne was the best at penalties, and he proved that yesterday. Uh, but Ben Garner kind of went with the tack of, like you said, Joe, it was, it was really a bit of fun and, and a chance to interact with supporters. And I'll tell you what, Ben Garner was really impressed with the amount of younger fans that were there as well, and kids, and, and the next generation of Swindon fans is what he called them. Um, and it, it's very good to see the club interacting with that because I think in, in the past there's been too many occasions whereby we don't get much interaction with players apart from the, the odd selfie outside the players' entrance after a game. Yeah, of course, and it goes beyond things. I know that I know the players do a lot of things for um, you know the community trust and that's really good and they do things for um, various groups like the disabled groups. It's always nice for people to be able to meet people in when they go for corporate options, but little things sort of reaching out into the community, going into schools. I think some of the players enjoyed a trip to Wagamama not so long ago as well. That was quite good fun to follow along with. Yeah, it's, they're doing certainly a lot more, aren't they? And I think they're kind of making up for lost time in previous years uh, whereby it wasn't there. But it's very, very good to see these players out and about in the community a bit more. It kind of takes away that aspect that they're separate to the fans. Uh, and it's good, and hopefully we continue to see more of it next season. I couldn't agree more. I think that has gone some way to sort of heal the hurt of uh, Bank Holiday Monday, <laughs> as we said. Late Orient came, and Richie Wellens came with his mum, no less. But I think people were a bit reluctant to say goodnight, Irene, at the end. They, uh, we went one down. We had someone sent off, and I don't know why. Just as Connor recapped on the pod, you sort of get that sinking feeling that. As usual, you usually would think with 10 men, life would become a lot easier. But a bit of a tactical change around and getting players behind the ball, they managed to get a sneaky second and we couldn't get back into it. What did Ben Garner make reflecting on well, it, that game? Well, it's more of kind of the same that we heard following the press conference, the post-match press conference, I should say, on Monday after the Orient game. And you're right about the 10 men. And I have to say, we were all sat up in the press box during that match and each and every one of us was saying, kind of like planning the lines that would come out with and the fact that it's harder against 10 men and <laughs> and so on and so on. So they did. Uh, and today it was really, he didn't want to touch on it too much. He could sense Ben Garner's frustration. Uh, disappointing on Monday. Uh, and watching it back, he said, we did incredibly well to lose the game. Um, and it was two mistakes that cost us. There is no margin for error anymore. And that's really the first time that we've actually started to, he started to be a little bit more critical um, and you can sense that he's just not happy at, at times with the way that his team are playing at this moment in time, and probably certain players as well. Because Swindon attack, you know, they may not be banging the goals in as much at times, apart from as you saw at Harrogate. But defensively, just just seems to be some real problems there, um, and there just seems to be moments of 
lapses in concentration. He said they went down to 10 men. Um, and then to give them a second goal gave us a mountain to climb. It was just poor play. Um, there's no lack of effort, which you'd hope there isn't. But there's just keeps being moments in game and, and Swindon are struggling to sort these out. Just curious to know, did you get a chance to see or speak to Richie on Monday? Well, I was waiting to actually get picked up on following the game. Because uh, I didn't get a car parking space for the for the Monday game, and I was waiting to get picked up. Uh, I was just stood there on the phone. The person didn't answer. I was speaking, and Richie just said, "Why are you acting like you're on the phone?" And then he came over and had a chat with me, um, and that was good to see him because you know we we spent a lot of time together uh, when he was at the club, and it's nice to see that he still remembers remembers me, and he still got good spirits. And and yeah, that was that was kind. Got no Zoom link, no parking space. This was really not working out for you last week. I bet you were glad to see that the link was all good today and all was forgiven. <laughs> I was. I made sure 20 minutes early I was sat in that waiting room just making sure there were no glitches happening. I was the first one in and yeah, I was, pro- I was probably I was probably up and up and on it before Ben Garner was this morning. Now to go back what you said about defensive problems, well they're not going to get any better with the injury news are they? Because we're hearing that Rob Hunt and Joe Tomlinson who was sporting a Stone Cold Steve Austin-esque knee brace at this penalty shootout incident both out for the season Hunt was in remarkable form. Tomlinson's won lots of people over. He is a local lad as well. What's the story here? And do we think that they're both likely to reappear for Swindon next year? Very, very difficult question. Uh, the answer to that is I'm not sure um, on whether they'll both be there next year. I'd like to probably admit that Rob Hunt definitely will be. Um, can't see him going anywhere. Joe Tomlinson, it's a different kind of picture uh, with with Peterborough and the situation there. Um, but on the injury front, first we'll address that. Yeah, Rob Hunt uh, is out for the remainder of the season, no doubt about that. And Joe Tomlinson, fortunately, is as well. Now, Swindon have contacted Peterborough to try and find out whether they can do his rehab in Swindon, which is what the club would like to do. But it's actually, it's all about what Peterborough wants to do. Uh, they're having a call with Peterborough. They're trying to work this out and they're just waiting to find out. It's as simple as that. The good news, though, however, in you rise is Harry McCurdy returns for Swindon Town tomorrow. He is fine. He is good and has had a good week. And in the words of Ben Garner, he's been flying all over the place yesterday in training, uh, ready to go tomorrow. So expect him to be the first name on the starting lineup. That is good news. And thinking about that, you know, that sort of balance that the uh, physiotherapy and the rehab team do in rehabilitating people that we know that they're very thorough based on their um, their work with Payne and Leiden and others throughout the year. I imagine that if Tomlinson stays, he'll be no different. And also to the flip side of that, that if Harry McCurdy is running here, there and everywhere, well, he wouldn't be doing that if they didn't have faith in him starting tomorrow. So that's a big positive, isn't it? A massive positive for Swindon. If Harry McCurdy he was kind of out for this game, you'd really sit there and think, uh, that, that is definitely our playoff hopes gone. But with Harry McCurdy, and the team just seems to spark, and it's certain individuals that spark as well. The likes of Jack Payne, Josh Davison, um, Johnny Williams, they all seem to, and Louis Reed, they all seem to play better when Harry McCurdy's in the side. So hopefully he's back. He's not been rushed back too quickly by the sounds of it, and, and he'll have an instant impact, so we hope. We certainly do, and he'll be back, and he's somebody you know who is contracted with us next year. We touched on, there's already rumours flying around, but never mind that. Apart from McCurdy, of course, we have had, you know, joy in loans this year. And this has been something that's kind of been grumbling with the fan base over the past few weeks about, you know, the sort of shape of the season. Looking at our loans, it almost feels a little bit Mm. like we've been victims of our own success because we had the recalls in January um, in the case of 
uh, Romley Critchlow and Kane Kessler Hayden, they both got loaned out to League One clubs to sort of test them harder. How does Ben Garner sort of see that relationship, the loan system? Well, you're right. We are victims of our own success there, but that's that's a good thing because, of course, you know, once we've now proved ourselves this season that we can really develop loan players, then we'll probably get some even better loan players, especially if we were to move up a division. Um, he says, I think as a club this season, we, we've become this really attractive option for clubs. And you'd have to agree because, you know, possibly with the exception of Alex Gilbert, Swindon have really improved, improved a lot of the loan players. You know, you look at the ones earlier in the season and then the second half of the season, new loan players that come in, they've all added something to their game at Swindon. He said, we must be up there with the minutes played by loan players in the EFL this season. We've played good, we've built good relationships with parent clubs. We develop loan players. They're better players than when they came through the door. And that's all that these parent clubs want to see. They're not too focused on whether the team that they're playing in is winning games, losing games. They just want to see the players get minutes and secondly develop. And that's exactly what Swindon Town are doing. Yeah, it was unfortunate with Gilbert because it was quite a it's quite a competitive position that he was he was vying for, and I think that sort of pressure of you know needing to impress in his loan spell might have led to that maybe just not being the right fit for him. Somebody else I deliberately neglected to mention um, was of course Tyree Simpson, mm. and then his recall that was later implied to be a bit of a contractual dispute. Now, there's very firmly I can see the discourse coming out. There's two camps coming here from the, yeah. you know, the Ipswich and the Swindon side because the news has come out that he's not going to resign and he will be out of contract, be it with an option. Just, uh, just purely from with your journalistic hat on, what's your impression on what's going on here? It's a mess, um, quite <laughs> frankly, is what's going on here. You've got a player that is essentially being held to ransom at his parent club. Uh, they want him to sign. Um, another deal simply for the fact that they can then ship him on for more money. And Ipswich have no intention of keeping that player and using him as a player at the club. They brought him back in January really for the sole purpose of trying to sell him on, you feel. There never seemed to be any type of picture there to actually put him into the first team. Um, he's He's been relegated to the reserves then. He's had a season, well, half a season, whereby he's developing, scoring goals in League Two, getting better and better as each week went by and and then suddenly not even actually playing competitive first team football the situation is 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 crazy really especially in this modern day and age it, it almost feels very unfair to Tyrese he's had half a season that that would have helped him develop uh, and really would have another half season at Swindon Town would have just added pounds onto his uh sorry decimal points onto his transfer budget uh transfer feed that uh, it's which could have demanded for him but they've not done that they, they've gone with a situation the problem for Swindon is this and and I've seen my type up quotes on a certain fan group this afternoon and a lot of fans kind of arguing over what Ben Garner said now we asked Ben Garner about Zari Simpson wanting to leave Ipswich obviously the the first port of call is Swindon fans think okay that's it he's going to come back here the problem that we have is that money's always involved and Swindon don't have much of it now, Ben Garner opened a quote by saying he hadn't seen that Tyrese had wanted to leave. I wouldn't believe that. Um, I think that's quite a coy statement, kind of just take the pressure off a little bit. Um, but he was very firm. He said, we won't be in that market with the transfer fee that it will require. Uh, I want to see him kick on and do great things in the game. Short, simple and to the point, Swindon will not be going in for Tyree Simpson this summer. Some fans argue in that, uh, why not? Because, you know, we could look to get him on a free deal. The issue is similar to what Scott Twine had when he went to MK Dons. He's under the age of 24. Tyree Simpson's only 20. Now, when you're under 24, if you don't sign a new deal with a club and you instead decide to sign with a new club, it then goes to a tribunal where that tribunal sets the transfer fee. 
So the risk is that if Swindon Town get him, they might think, oh, great, we've got him here. We're not having to pay much. They could go to a tribunal and a massive transfer fee gets slapped on him. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you say that in those kind of terms and spell it out because you obviously as a fan, you sort of wonder if you're wearing like your red robin tinted glasses, but it does kind of seem that way that Ipswich not really played fair. There's been lots of sort of conjecture leaking out in various bits of um, the media, official and unofficial podcasts and various things. Plenty of people going on and saying, um, you know, it's not my place to say what Tyree should do, but and letting things like that slip. Um, I suppose perhaps while I might disappoint Swindon, they might be thinking, well, why wouldn't we have the budget? Uh, I guess I guess the thought process is that um, if they're not willing to play fair in January would they be willing to play fair? Like you say, if a tribunal came up, perhaps not. The the problem is as well is that you've got to remember after that good, it's, it's so difficult to say half season, but he did have a very good half season at Swindon Town. There's now going to be other clubs with bigger budgets that will be interested in taking Tyree Simpson. I think sometimes when you're fans of a certain club, you can get encapsulated into this thought by where you're the only club that a player will go for. It's not true. Tyrese may have had a great time here, but if a bigger club comes in with bigger money, then he's going to go there and, and Ipswich would be a lot more happy to extend that deal by years. They have the option to do so and then sell him on for a bigger fee straight away. I suppose they could have the option as well to take that year, loan him out and then to see where, where the uh, dust lies and try and do things a little, a little more amenably next year. Exactly, they certainly could. Okay, so I guess that's sort of uh, set people's expectations on that one. Um, he, of course, he scored in the home game against um, Hartlepool. That put Swindon ahead after, I think, Johnny Williams, he opened in the second half and then they drew level. He's put them 2-1 up and then Jack Payne's finished the job. Quite a comfortable 3-1 win way back in November. A lot of people had sort of written Hartlepool off. You know, they've only come up last season after the playoff, but they're comfortably in mid-table and they're only a space behind Orient who came on Monday. This is the sort of talk that makes people like me, armchair analysts, which I know Bengala doesn't like, look at the table and think they must be on the beach. But Bengala doesn't like that sort of talk, does he? Bengala doesn't like that sort of talk whatsoever. It was actually that exact quote that was put to him by one of the journalists in the call by Johnny Leefield. Um, and Johnny said to him, uh, you know, kind of, for example, at Harrogate, they're on the, on the beach and, and he quickly shut that down. You know, he said, There's, that's not a term that's used anymore. Um, it's the same with Hartlepool. These are professional players. And uh, sometimes in these games, these clubs learn more about these players. It's very it's very smart of Ben Garner to say that. And that's simply because it's a diversion tactic to release, reduce the pressure being put on him. The facts are this. Hartlepool are winless in their last six. If you want points, you play Hartlepool. And Swindon should go there tomorrow and, and easily pick up three points. And and if Ben Garner now here probably slap me and say they're professional players, don't talk about them like that. But the facts, the facts are that. I think he's always somebody who's cautious not to underestimate people. But as you say, the reality is that it's not it's not completely out of the question for Swindon to be in those playoff places. Although a lot of a lot of people feel it's very unlikely. Plenty of uh, fans have decided that that's it and it's all done and dusted. But we're in the position now where only only excellence and a bit of good fortune will get us get us up there. 
That's it. That is exactly it. There's, the playoffs were in our hands. They're now partially out of our hands and it would be just short of a miracle for Swindon make the playoffs now, even though they've got that game in hand on teams. And that's because not as much to points, but just the way Swindon are playing. Consistence, they're struggling for consistency and wins. Uh, they're struggling to defend. They're struggling to score goals and like multiple goals in games in back-to-back games. And th- the only issue I have with, with Ben Garner's statement on that is that, you know, sometimes at this stage in the season, you want to really see a manager grab it by the scruff of the neck and, and beat that drum and, and breed confidence into the team, not just behind closed doors, but also out in public. And, and you know, you might do it and you might come out a bit red-faced if your team then get beat. But I tell you what, it's some way to get the fans on your side if you say, we're going to go there, we're going to try and smash and smashed him and uh, almost do a Kevin Keegan. It seems once again that Ben Garner is in that sort of middle middle land of thinking, you know, that he needs to get players motivated and fired up, but also to take the pressure off. I think this was maybe where your questions pushed him a little more. So shall we have a listen? Let's go for it. Hi, Ben. Good morning. Um, you speak about kind of wanting players to play with bravery and, and enjoy themselves as well. Is that harder to do for the players, given the fact that, you know, these games count for more at this stage in the season as well? I think it's key. It's You, you don't want to get tense. You don't want to overthink things in your head. So we know we have to be intense. We know we have to compete. We have to fight. But if you're still like that, when you get the ball, then you know, it's not going to help you. So we need to have that balance of we want to press of energy, we want to be competing in the duels, we want to be winning the battles. But when we get the ball, I want the players to enjoy it. I want them to um, to be free to express themselves. And if we get in that final third, that willingness to take people on, to get the shots, to, to be positive. And um, yeah, that, that's my hope for tomorrow, that they do that because it's talented players, especially in forward areas in our team. And um, to get the best for the team and for themselves, they need to have that mentality where they love playing and they and they want to be out on that pitch and they want to take the ball in tight situations and have that bravery all the time. Have you seen that in maybe a couple of games recently at times where they've maybe not been able to show the same bravery that they have in games earlier in the season? Not really. I think we've, uh, we've, we've been pretty good with it. I think... Um, more so in home games, we've been affected a little bit. And um, that's where we need to become stronger mentally as a group and trust in what we're doing. And, um, you know, five minutes into the game on Monday, we, we've played backwards and square and there's cheers from the crowd at times. We we have to ignore that. The crowd, supporters here are great. They're going to have their opinions like at every, every football club. We need to do what's right to win the game. And um, that's ultimately what every supporter wants is to see us play well and win. We have to stick to the the game plan and the process in what we're doing and have that bravery. And um, that then gets results. Everyone's happy. Everyone's happy. If we, we've we got a way we've set out to play and we change that because of, or oh, I'm not sure now, and it doesn't help anyone. It doesn't help anyone because we don't play as well as what we want to do. And if we don't win the game, the supporters aren't happy. So... Um, we need to have that mentality and that strength of character to believe in what we're doing, regardless of circumstance, regardless whether we're getting cheered, whether we're getting booed, whether we're at home, whether we're away. If that's the best way for us to win the game, we have to stick to it and see it through. And by doing that more often than not, everyone's happy. 
Thank you. And, and just finally, um, getting towards the end of the season, your first season in charge of Swindon, how how do you think, um, well, not how, I guess, what do you think you've learned this season? How much do you think you've improved as, as a coach? Uh, huge improvements in, in, in all areas. It's, um, it's been a great season. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it, but it has been very challenging, without doubt, um, to inherit what we inherited. Um, I'd like to think I will never experience that again or have to go through that again. Um, but it's the, the clarity of the situation helped. Mm. And although we didn't have a big squad, although we couldn't spend money and we were restricted on wages, that clarity of where we were at least allowed us to focus on what we could control and what we could do. So that would be a big learning curve moving forwards. And um, we've made great strides as a, as a club um, on and off the pitch this season. Um, last few weeks have been a little bit disappointing in terms of not getting the points we want, but we can't lose perspective of where we've come from and we've got to have a focus on where we want to go. And, you know, moving forwards, we know the situation here. We know what was inherited um, by, by Clem coming in as a new owner and the restrictions that we need to work under. So um, I, I've really enjoyed it. I think it's a fantastic football club. I think it's a football club with great potential. Um, afternoons like yesterday, seeing the supporters and especially the young supporters, the next generation, um, seeing the local children in Swindon kits and um, coming and get their shirts signed by the players. It is fantastic. That's what football's all about. And we want to build a team here and build a football club that everyone in Swindon can be proud of. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Ben. Good luck tomorrow. Okay, so the first question, and you did push him a little bit more on this. It was about playing with freedom, that expressive play. Well, so I, I was chatting to you before we came, um, I, I said on air, but before we started recording, Joe. Um, and this was really like you heard there, that a question was put to him in two parts. Um because Ben Garner, as we heard, well, as we were talking about there previously, he always says about, we have to go there with freedom. We have to be brave. And that's our only focus. And I can almost copy and paste that, those words into my live updates every single week and every single press conference. The problem is, are Swindon town players playing with freedom? Are they struggling to get this freedom into their heads? Um, this kind of narrative of the way they want to play because of the stage that they're at in the season. And Ben Garner gave like you heard, almost an essay-style answer whereby he went very in-depth in it. I wasn't expecting that. What was really interesting to me to hear is almost that the players, when they're at home, so he said that quote about kind of at home, it's almost a little bit harder at the moment. And the players seem to be in a frame of mind whereby if the crowd get on their back a bit at the times, they're almost doubting the way that they're playing. And that's when mistakes are happening. And Ben Garner's really just telling them to kind of Get that doubt out of your mind, regardless of what whether you're getting cheered, booed, or anything in between. You have to stick to what I'm telling you, and it'll work. And I can understand exactly what you're saying. It does sometimes feel, you know, because we hear about some of the great away form, and I hear from some of the guys of how, you know, how electric the atmosphere is going away. They do seem like a squad that sort of feeds off the responses from the crowds. And Ben Garner sort of saying that you need to you know, channel out any negativity and just stick to stick to your plan. Is that it? That's exactly it. He stopped short of criticising the fans. Um, but he did say kind of against Leighton Orient, five minutes into the game, we played backwards passes and, and we were getting jeers from the crowd at times. It's not always the football that you want to see. But Ben Garner's point is if we win games and we score goals, 
then everyone goes home happy by the end of the game. So Swindon have to, you know, Ben Garn didn't say this, but I'm saying this, fans of any club, fans are fickle. And we quickly always think, well, you said there, backseat analysts, we always think that we can kind of know better and know what should be happening. Ben Garn just needs his players to trust him and, and trust the process. And it's always a good idea to sort of end on a positive note. And I think that that's maybe where your approach was in asking Ben Garner about the improvements that have been made and just kind of reflecting going into these last games of looking back and seeing how far they've come. Yeah, precisely. It was actually more a question put to Ben Garner on his self-improvement um, and how far he thinks he's come. Because we hear a lot of it about the team, but we don't really ever sit there and think that this is Ben Garner's first season in charge of Swindon Town. He, he come, he always splits the bait. Some of the fans seem to really be on his side and trust him. Some of the fans seem to, after every loss, start saying that we should have different people in charge. I even saw one person say we should have Charlie Austin in charge for some strange reason. Um, <laughs> and it's, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a really interesting thing when someone is asked to self-analyze themselves. And you heard Ben Garner there say that he's learned a lot. He's really developed and it's been a great season and he's thoroughly enjoyed it. But without, it has also been very challenging. And we always, he's always tries to be positive, but he did say, as you heard, that he said, you know, I don't want to ever experience that again. Um, the club have made great strides as they have. And he's here for the long term. He's here for the project, regardless of what anyone says. Ben Garner believes in what he can do and, and wants to see Swindon do well. And, and I'm sure, regardless of whether Swindon Town make the playoffs or not this season, he will have learned a hell of a lot about coaching and being a manager as well. He's not just a head coach, regardless of what people say. I always see this weird quote that we need a manager, not a coach. It's the same thing, regardless of the title. And Ben Garner uh, kind of feels he can do the job and he has the tools there to do so. Yeah, I know that everybody is entitled to their opinions, but I have to say that I'm sort of mystified by this I wouldn't say I'm not mystified by criticism. Criticism is perfectly legitimate, but this expectation that, oh, Garner will be out, Garner should be sacked today, or all this kind of stuff, it's not going to be that kind of situation. And whatever happens, if we lose the next four, you will still be seeing Ben Garner in pre season because he hasn't had that opportunity of having pre season actually been able to sit down well in fact the whole the whole framework of the club have not had that same space and time same with Ben Chorley the coaching team all of those all those sort of cogs in the machine if you will that time to have an adequate setup Mm. Um, I think I remember reading an interview with it might have been with Ben Garner it might have been a transcript of a podcast when he was reflecting on his time with Bristol Rovers and he'd made all this list of suggestions of things that he wanted to do with their chairman um, and then found himself dismissed after results later. But none of those suggestions have sort of been implemented. I get the feeling that, okay, yes, Swindon, resource-wise, we don't have access to everything, um, but we seem to be making do with what we do have, making significant improvements on the training ground, getting the most out of our arrangement at Beaversbrook in Khan. Uh So I think this idea that you know whatever happens or if we suddenly don't get another win, Ben Garner will be gone, is, is wasted energy, isn't it? It is. It's it's very pointless after discussions that I, I seem to see. And I'm not coming out criticising fans. Um, I'm just saying it from a neutral's point of view. And, and it's that this way of thinking really seems to filter down from the Premier League, whereby if 
if your team's not doing well, you can bring in this superstar manager to come and manage you. And in the Premier League and, and the elite is most elite level of football uh, that there is around the world. Yes, you've got some very few managers and individuals that can come into your club and really transform you into winners. At this league, it's all, a lot of it's you've got a handful of experienced pros that probably have seen a couple of promotions and, and possibly are happy to settle at this level. And you've also got some young, ambitious managers that are up and coming and trying something different. And Ben Garner falls into that second bracket of manager. So it's very easy to sit here and say, you know, give us a new manager, get someone else in. I saw someone also say that, you know, give Richie Wellens a blank check. You also have to be realistic. This is League Two football, Swindon Town are in. That, that you're only ever one season away from being out of the football league, and and you have to have that balance there between security and ambition. And I think with Bengal, they have that at least for one season. You've got you've got to give this man time because of what he's done with Swindon Town this this season. Yeah, I think he does deserve time. Although I am, I am sort of quietly co- contemplating what four games with the uh, Charlie Austin player manager would be like. You'd want, you'd want a camera crew behind the scenes there, wouldn't you? It would. It's, it's a very straight. I don't know where that came from. I'm sorry. That was just. I'm not going to mock people, but that was stupid. <laughs> sorry, that was that was ludicrous. Okay, right. So going to this final push then for tomorrow, we're going to be light on fullbacks. What's your lineup going to look like for tomorrow? Well, of course, the injury to Joe Tomlinson really means that Ellis Iandolo's stint in midfield team will be over. Revert him back to left back. I'll stick with a 4 3 3 formation. Uh, Wallacott, Odomeo, O'Brien. I'm going to throw a little different one out there, actually, and I'm going to say that Dion Conroy is going to be put to the bench instead. Uh, and Matthew Bowdry will come into partner O'Brien. Iandolo at left back. In midfield, Jack Payne, Louis Reed, and a recall to the start in 11 for Ben Gladwin up front, Barry, Davison, and McCurdy. Okay, yeah, it's, I mean, thinking of Dion going to the bench, I, of all the players who've had injury problems, I think maybe he's been, we've had that kind of thing of rotating people in and out, and he's kind of been put to the back of that. We've gone from having Friday to Monday to Saturday to Tuesday. And perhaps with the games coming up, that might be a good opportunity to rest him. So, okay, makes sound logic to me. I mean, that wasn't. Uh, if I if I say what my logic was, it, I understand your point, and that's probably the smart way of looking at it, Joe. Uh, my point of view is that I think Bengal has had enough with his defence here, um, and I think Dion Conroy has been quite partly to blame for some of the mistakes um, on Monday, especially the first goal. It was him that lost his man. And I, I could really see him dropping him and, and kind of making a bit of a statement. And Matthew Bardry was playing well. The only reason he didn't play the other day was because he was rested. Yeah, OK. So I won't be pragmatic and we'll just rotate. We'll rotate out. Uh, finally, what are we going prediction-wise? Well, it's a, um, it's a must-win game. It's one of Swindon's easiest games. So, of course, we're going to make it difficult 2-1. Yeah, I think I would agree there. It's not going to be easy. I can imagine it could be quite late, but we've got to come out with three points. It's it's now or never, isn't it? What are you going with, Joe? I'm going to go for a very a very tight 1-0. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we'll take either. Yeah, yeah, we will. And I'll be back speaking to you on Monday because we'll we'll be back around quick again. And before you know it, it'll be Tuesday night. It'll be Forest Green at home, back at the county ground. Oh, there we go. We will speak then. 
The Lone Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Swindon affirmed the thoughts of the Doubting Thomases after Richie Welland's trip back home ahead of the uh, trip up to Hartlepool. Where I'll do that again. That was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. <laughs> I will stick that on the end. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.